0: held tie snap no rush and he sends this one into the air not a great kick this time a flutter ball borsa on the run up at his 38 running to this right side of the field he's got a wall across the 40 to the 45 dodges a tackler 50 and he's close to midfield nice run by kyle borsa growing the game with ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in saskatchewan each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbo's on Dewdney Avenue in Regina. By Pizza Hudson, in Saskatchewan, congratulations to David Dubey a friend of this podcast, on his Order of Canada honor, and thanks for your support. Paul Waldo at Royal Page, get in the real estate game by calling 306-502-5355. That's where you're going to find and get a hold of the three-time Grey Cup champ. By SAS Selects Football, building the gridiron stars of tomorrow today. Thanks to Deb and Zelko Stefanovic for their continued support of this podcast and football in Saskatchewan. Mark Greshner Photography, Mark Greshner com. Buy double Z egg sales out there in Waverin for grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance. Give Corey a call at double Z egg sales in Waverin. Time now for our homegrown segment brought to you by Riviera Ag Seeds, Southern Saskatchewan's premium certified seed grower. Delivering homegrown certified Durham yellow peas and chickpeas. Thanks to Paul Riviera and his great family for their support. In the spotlight today, it's Noah Zerr, big left tackle out of Yorkton who plays for the U of S Huskies. Alright, big Noah Zerr from Yorkton joining me on the phone now when i say big six seven, 320 pounds am i right with the weight yep yep 300 320 pounds now first question out of the shoot where do you shop for clothes
1: um uh the honest the honest answer to that question is uh anywhere i can <laughs> um it's, it's a little bit of a luxury to uh to find clothes that fit so Whenever I'm kinda of out and about with friends or family and I find something that's kind of my size, I pretty much instantly buy it.
0: Do you get do you get close custom made though? I mean, there's not a lot of six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pound dudes walking around.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Most of the time if you're finding something you really like, you you often have to order it online. Mm. Or uh um up in Saskatoon here we actually have uh a good shop called Mister Big and Tall. Yeah, and they uh, carry a lot of larger sizes, and I've had a lot of luck there recently.
0: What's the easiest piece of clothing for a guy like you to to get? Um,
1: hoodies mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dress clothes are hard. T-shirts are hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, pants are even worse. So.
0: <laughs> I, I imagine you don't like fitting into a suit or dress pants.
1: Um, I, I like it when the occasion arrives. Um, it's definitely not something that I do, uh, day to day, but I don't mind dressing up. It is, it is that challenge though. I, I only have, I think one pair of dress clothes <laughs> so I haven't been able to find any other pairs.
0: Well, you got to get that ready for draft day when it comes and we'll get to that in a second, Noah. So, um, were you always the biggest kid?
1: Um, growing up? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was always, I, I come from a pretty small town originally, uh. Landenburg. Mm-hmm. it's uh, about a about a hour southeast um, from Yorkton. Mm-hmm. but uh, being uh, in such a small town, you don't really see kids your size. So everybody else is pretty normal. and I remember I think it was uh, grade five. I was starting to get bigger than all of my teachers. Um, <laughs> I was walking around the the halls in grade seven, and I was bigger I was taller than most of the high schoolers. So, so was that awkward? Yeah, was I, that
0: was that awkward for you in a in a pick on Noah kind of way, or was that something people looked up to you, literally and figuratively?
1: I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think um, I think it I was looked up to by some people, but I also think for certain people that uh, it was easy to put a target on your back when you're you're the tallest kid in school, and everybody wants to see how they kind of measure up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, when did you realize athletically that being a big kid, you could kind of impose your will on other kids?
1: Um, yeah, growing up, I uh, I love sports. So I, I kind of started out with hockey. Um, and hockey's not really a big man sport. Um, so it was it was hard for me to kind of learn to uh, use my body and, and seeing how I wasn't as coordinated as maybe some other kids. But uh, in grade five, my dad... Uh, found this spring football program for me and it was uh, based out of Yorkton and that's how me and the the Yorkton kind of connection happened and uh, in grade five I found football and and I never really looked back it was it was something that kind of it was a sport that kind of let me be myself mm-hmm. and let me kind of use that size that I've never previously used to my advantage
0: now when you were starting in football were you always an offensive lineman?
1: I actually started out as a defensive lineman. My uh, my dad was a, a defensive lineman for a really long time, and actually uh, was a defensive end for uh, for the University of Saskatchewan, where I'm playing now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps, but uh, shortly down the road, I, I I figured my talents would be better used on offensive line, and and I think it was around grade eight, um, a coach moved me, and I just never really moved back. I kind of I kind of just excelled at the position and never really thought about defensive line again.
0: So I, I heard from a number of people, coaches, and teammates that you really love this game. What do you love best about the game of football, Noah?
1: Um, for me, I, I really love just the, the competition aspect of it. Uh, the, uh, the ability to to kind of impose your will on another person and and also see how you measure up to that other person across the line you know it's a it's a football is a battle of wills and i uh i I like to think that i have a pretty strong one and and i'd like to see how that measures up to uh a lot of people around our conference and a lot of people around the sport mm-hmm. you
0: hey know what's your best attribute is it that willpower is it that drive
1: yeah i think i think my best attribute is uh is is my willpower i think in uh in certain aspects there of the sport, there there's a lot of things to be said about athletic ability and, and stuff like that. But when it really comes down to it, it's how long you can stay healthy. How much can you, how much can you go through be, before you think it's your time to quit? How, much, how many injuries can you take before they have to cart you off the field? You know, mm-hmm. It's about that durability and that willpower. Mm-hmm. And playing through injuries often, especially as an offensive
0: lineman. So uh, give me an example of a low point in your university career in terms of playing. Was there one game that sticks out in your mind, one play that you'd like to have back?
1: Um, yeah, I think, I think my lowest point um, at, in my university career was uh, the start of my 2019 season. Um, we, were, we, as a football team, thought we were pretty good, and I think on paper we really were. And we ended up kind of showing our medal later on in the season, but we walked into Manitoba and Manitoba is a uh it's a hard team to play at home. So as the game went on, we kinda we kinda found out that maybe we weren't who we thought we were, and me especially. Um, I had a pretty pretty good season the year before and thought that I'd be having another really good season, but I had uh I had some overuse injuries pile up on me and I really had uh a severe case of uh, patella tendonitis spiked up, mm-hmm. and and I just uh, I couldn't couldn't medicate it the right way, and I couldn't really figure out uh, how to how to kind of fight that battle. But I I went on playing anyway, which was maybe a wrong decision at the time, as I was not really uh, um, fully healed up and dealing with a lot of pain. And then, and in, in that game, I ended up uh, giving up three sacks, which is the most sacks I think. I think the season before I had two in the season. Mm. So it was uh it was definitely kind of earth-shaking for me and it kind of showed me what I need to work on and and maybe that I can't just go 110% all the time and I need to take take uh, advantage of that active recovery and and getting those injuries kind of underway so I can be the best player I can be for my team and, and for myself.
0: Yeah. So I, I asked you the question that way, not to point out if, you know, not to point out any deficiencies, but anybody I've talked to about you, I, I'm doing a top 50 Can West YouTube TV show to kind of highlight the kids in Can West. Cause I don't think we promote our own. So that's why I do this podcast and why I'm working on that. And I did a little background and you did make the list. And uh, the one thing I heard is he's always willing to improve. Now, would this be a fair assessment in, in, in talking to people? You're a big guy, and it isn't a knock on you, but at six, seven 320 pounds, as a young guy, I think, like a lot of young guys, you got to catch up to your body. You got It takes a while to get in sync with, you know, get it all aligned. Would you agree with that? Yes hundred percent okay I think, uh... okay, so this is what I've heard about you, and then I'll let you finish. I heard the one knock on you and maybe it was because of injury you just described his footwork needs to uh, needs to be better he needs to improve his footwork and in talking with players and coaches, they said in the fall you were moving crisply through drills, your footwork has improved. do you agree with that, and what did you do to improve your footwork?
1: um yeah, um so uh. Yeah, as that kind of uh, 2019 season kind of went on, um, I got those injuries underway. And, and then during, uh, during COVID, kind of that, that next spring, um, I, really, I really had a lot of time by myself because we were all separated from our teams Right. to, uh, to kind of look in the mirror and decide who, uh, who I wanted to be and what kind of player I wanted to be. So I, I made an active decision that when uh, we were all locked down, that I was gonna uh, gonna drop about thirty pounds and uh, and really uh, and really show myself what I what I was capable of and I think during that next fall I guess this this last fall um, I was able to show some coaches and and some different people that that I'm not just a big guy I, I that I'm also an athlete and that I can I can really get moving when I want to but yeah it was it was just uh, kind of that isolation through that, that times, those, those times of COVID that I really, uh, I really just developed my game. I was, I, I put everything towards it. I, I really, uh, obviously there's there's still school to deal with, but yeah. every yeah. single day I was, I was work, I was going out and doing some field work in our uh, big yard there on the farm and then going to work with my dad and then coming home and doing some more field work and, and then hopping on the treadmill for an hour. But I was uh, really, really putting my best foot forward so I could show who I wanted to be that next
0: fall tell you what man you're a guy that i think on the list that i'm putting together could uh could shoot up the list uh, rather fast if there's one mover and shaker i think it could be when i watch your tape you get a hold of guys and you absolutely fold them like once you get your hands on them they're uh they're dead doa dead on arrival and uh so i think that's a that's a really good attribute for you do you do you feel like you have a future in this game beyond the collegiate level
1: Um, I, I'd really like to hope so. Um, I think that's one thing that I've really, uh, um, most of the steps in my life have been kind of guided towards, let's see where football will take me and how far I can go with this. Um, so yeah, I think it is, uh, it's a major dream for me to kind of play professional football and, and see where I stack up to, uh, all the great talented players that have trying to come before me in that
0: league yeah and you've you've had some great guys come out of the U of S huskies uh riley just got drafted matlin riley evan johnson from the U of S, regina kid who uh who went out to ottawa but is looking in free agency here who knows if he'll come back this way uh, and of course it it's got to help you to have the uh, hall of famer there the canadian football hall of famer scott flory is your head coach what does he do in terms of helping with your development
1: um Yeah, I I owe a lot to uh, a lot of players that have come before me, especially guys like Evan who have really kind of paved that path and been great leaders Uh, when I was a younger guy coming up through the program and Riley was with me every step of the way, kind of showing me what it means to be a good football player and there's a lot of other guys in that locker room that don't get enough credit for how great of leaders they were and, and really kind of instilled instilled in me that hard nosed football but but for sure Scott Flory is a is a major uh shaping factor in my college career. He really it's it's he's one of the greatest uh Canadian offensive linemen to ever ever play in the C F L so there's no uh no doubt that he uh is shaping great offensive linemen here at the U of S. Mm. And uh he's it's just uh it's just being around him. It's it's his mentality about the game. It's how he thinks about football. It's it's watching some maybe some of his old plays and and seeing his word kind of uh, put to work, I guess. Seeing that he's not just all talk. And yeah. obviously, he's one of the best to ever do it. He would never be all talk. But uh, but in reality, it's uh, it's he's a tough guy and and he he breeds toughness. I think this whole this whole football team really works off of uh, the mentality that he's helped instill in us. And, and we're maybe not the most talented bunch, but we'll we'll outwork you. And we'll show you that we're tougher than you are. You know, we're not afraid to, to go to the dance.
0: Yeah. So let me add- – like, obviously, the quarterback position is the most important position in all of North American sports, in my opinion, because you got to know what you're doing, and what everybody else is doing. But I find I honestly find the most interesting position offensive line because you all got to work in concert together, five guys together, four guys could do their job. But if one guy screws up the plays dead and no other position the whole goal of that position is to sacrifice their body for the greater good of the rest of the team. Do you like that aspect of being an offensive lineman?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think growing up, a lot of people who end up often who end up being offensive linemen, uh, kind of grow up with that, uh, innate kind of protector mentality. You know, I, I was always the biggest kid on the playground. So it, it was kind of fell to me to, uh, to protect some of those little 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 kids from uh, from bigger bullies, you know. So it was a very natural uh, adjustment for me in the sport of football to kind of protect my friends from the the big bad guys, you know. Um, and and that's really something I've never had a problem with, you know. Uh, with guys like Mason Nice or Kyle Siemens standing behind me, it, it makes it really really easy to kind of go to work and to really uh, dominate the guy in front of you because you're doing it for your friends. You know, you're, uh, you're protecting, you're protecting guys that you, you would go to war with. Mm-hmm. You're, you're laying your body down the line and you don't think twice about it because you're doing it for guys that you'd love and you'd do anything for.
0: Yeah, Noah Zer joining me here for a couple more minutes. Now, uh, another interesting thing about uh, offensive line and you mentioned it, um in a very insecure sport, this might be the most insecure position, and just hear me out here, in the sense that, you know, weight is a big deal. Like, you you know, if you're 340 pounds and can move, that's probably more attractive than being 310 pounds, uh, you know, and, and can move because you're bigger, a bigger mass. You, you always got to watch your weight, and that's kind of uh, an interesting thing I don't think a lot of people think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's interesting, right? Because because uh, everybody sees the big offensive lineman, and they uh, they just think, ah, oh, those guys are just big fatties. You know, they're not yeah. they're not the athletes. They're not the the highlight makers. You know, um, but uh, but in our in our modern day sport, it is you you are counting calories as a big man. You're you're looking at your diet. You're looking at uh, at any advantage you can get uh As opposed to your opposition, you know um and even though i I might be three hundred and twenty pounds now um there is a lot of maintenance that goes into uh that kind of size in it you know and that the amount of muscle you're able to kind of keep on and and uh and if that weight can is slowing you down in when I was three hundred and fifty pounds i think I think I was slowed down by that weight. So yeah. now that I've dropped to 320, I feel a lot more athletic. I feel lighter. I feel like I can I can explode a lot more. Oh. Um, but it is it's it's really finding that sweet spot because you see some some of these animals coming out of the the south like Makai Becton, who's who's six seven and 360 pounds and can run a five Well, if he can run a five one at 360, why not keep him there, right?
0: Yeah, no, it's crazy. And anybody that says O-line and D-line and aren't athletes are. Uh, idiots. They've never, I stand on CFL sidelines and watch guys and I'm like, this is, it's a car wreck on every play and these guys are moving. Yeah. And When I see you out on a, when I see you out on a like, I wouldn't want to be a defender on a screen pass or something, a bubble screen and see big Noah Zer coming at me. I'd fold like a cheap tent. I'd just get in the fetal position and lay down. <laughs> so Noah, last question for you, big man. Um, so in five years, Noah Zer will be um hopefully
1: uh playing in the cfl and and seeing what uh the sport has for me um down the line
0: why the cfl why not the nfl you got big nfl i know they've been looking at these prospect websites and stuff interviewing you Do, do you not even i love the cfl but do you not shoot for for the nfl well
1: of course um of course i shoot for the nfl um and that's always the goal i think at the end of the day but uh I, I do have to take it one step at a time, and I want to. I want to make sure that I'm not uh, uh, counting my eggs before they
0: hatch. Noah Zer, Noah Zer, we're doing this. We're doing this. The tape's still rolling, but we're doing this again. Okay, get some. You're six seven, three 320 pounds. <laughs> you're an athlete. You're a building with feet. We're doing this again. In yeah. five years, Noah Zer will be hopefully uh, playing somewhere down south in the NFL. Get rid of the word. Let's do it one more time. Get rid of the word. Hopefully, in five years, Noah Zer will be playing on an
1: NFL team uh, somewhere down south.
0: Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I hope for you. But hey, end up in the CFL. That's okay too. I just hope uh, wherever you go, uh, success follows you. And I, I love watching your tape, man. You got a bright future. Thanks for this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And of course it is Super Bowl week, so just before we wrap up growing the game with Ballsy, even though this is a podcast dedicated to the sport here in Saskatchewan, specifically at the grassroots level, we can't overlook the Super Bowl. It's the only football being played right now. Super Bowl tickets always a rare commodity, as you know, but this year tickets are very hard to get because only 14,000 being sold. Up to 22,000 people will be in attendance, and that includes 7,500 vaccinated health care workers who are given an all-expense paid trip. But a few players are giving up more tickets for a good cause. KC Chiefs fullback Anthony Sherman gave two tickets to a young fan who's suffering from an inoperable brain tumor. He was given six to nine months to live almost two years ago. The fan Jace Ward said, quote, I can't express how much it means to go to the Super Bowl. As a lifelong Chiefs fan, I've probably watched over a hundred games with my dad. So going to the big one, going to the Super Bowl, it's going to be so incredible. Also, the Buccaneers tight end, Rob Gronkowski, the big Gronk, surprised. Additional healthcare workers with tickets. He said, quote, during one of the toughest times our community, nation, and the world has ever experienced, it was our healthcare workers that made sacrifices every day. And uh, lots of people are going to watch the Super Bowl alone this year because we can't do parties. Twice as many as in the past years, according to a new survey. One way we're going to take advantage of being alone 21% of people will watch the big game in their PJs, 6% in their underwear or naked. Well, looky, looky there. Is that a tight end? (laughs) Anyway, just because we're alone doesn't mean we're going to take it easy. 19% of people plan to drink more than they have in previous years. And 8% will drink a lot more. Also, 16% plan to, quote, eat and drink everything in sight. It's almost time for his football game. He likes his things all the same. He watches his team from his favorite chair, prefers it when no one else is there. Lonely Man Cave Beer, for the guy who drinks alone. Lonely Man Cave Beer, this is house uh, his home he's got his cool sports signs and flags and a sports blanket hanging over his chair so keep your stupid sports opinions
1: to yourself cuz he don't care
0: lonely man cave beer cuz when there's only one beer left in the six pack he knows who's going to drink it drink alone responsibly this has been growing the game with balsy if you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.